This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and unfortunately, or actually probably fortunately for you listeners, Polly Cupcakes is not with us tonight, but I do have the Honorable Andy Hammond from the Broad Broadway Boys. Fuck, I knew I was going to fuck that up. Broadway oh boy. Boys podcast, <laughs> repping the New York Rangers on the Hockey Podcast Network. Andy, how you doing, man? I had my cursor over the the leave icon if you were going to say Broad Street, but you pulled it out. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, sad. Paulie can't be here, but uh, when you put out the the bat signal, uh, I you know I'm gonna I'm stepping into some big sh- uh, sh- a big shadow right now. But uh, I hope hopefully I do Paulie proud. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk. It's been a while. We haven't spoke to each other in a while, trolls. So happy to be here and uh, happy to talk some hockey with you. Yeah, absolutely. I think the last time that you were on was for my Emmy-nominated, soon-to-be-at-least, uh, series on Hockey Hockeyocalypse is what you do during uh, the apocalypse, right? Yeah, I think I think so. That was, <laughs> uh, it was a prescient thought by me, but uh, yeah, it's been too long. So again, I'm happy to you know pop tabs with you later and talk some hockey. Absolutely. Well, um, as a matter of fact, we might as well just pop them now here, man. Here's to you. All right. Here's to you. One. Two, three. So before we get into it too deep, um, I do have to let everyone know about our promotion here for summerskates.com. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at summerskates. They produce these badass hockey laced uh, sandal type things. They call them slides or summer skates, if you will. Uh, I rocked them to my last beer league game. All the boys in the locker room were super psyched. Uh, even though they're all Penguins fans, they all uh, they all thought I was really cool about it. Um, the great part about this company is that every sale, a percentage of every sale, goes to cancer research. Uh, so that's every sale goes to Prince Margaret Cancer Hospital through Road Hockey to con- literally every single product that they sell a percentage of that goes to cancer research again that's summerskates.com and you can find them on twitter and in skates.com and you can thank me later Andy, have you ever heard of these guys oh absolutely uh i was kind of i was looking online because i know now they have uh you know you see the white ones for a while but i i, I never knew they had uh, them in black as well mm. with the the black laces with the the little red uh, embellishment on it, and yeah, they look they look pretty sick. Uh, they look comfy as, as all hell, so I'll definitely have to pick some up. You know, I'll definitely use that promo code. And uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they look. I'm I'm not the biggest sandals guy, you know. Okay. Even and especially playing, you know, uh, although I haven't played with the pandemic, but you know, uh, I have to ride the subway. Uh, so if I if you know if I could just jump in a car and, and go to the rink uh, for my men's league you know, wearing summer skates, I would, but I, unfortunately I'm not going to wear sandals in the subway, but hell, when I get home and I'm, you know, just if I'm putzing around the, the apartment or I have to take the dog for a walk, you know, you can bet your ass they're going on. So, uh, definitely Absolutely. pick up a pair. Yellow oh, laces. There you go. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, Caps fans, we do have a little bit of, of league news. Um, 
you know, Bettman and Daly talked about the new season. It's still scheduled to start at January 1st, preceded by a two week mandatory training camp teams. It's, it's, this is all up in the air again. So don't, you know, don't quote me here, but this is what they said. You know, teams could play at their own arenas with or without fans or in hubs. Right. So I think that, you know, and Andy, I think that you agree too, is that they did a great job with the bubble. Oh, absolutely. And I can understand why uh, maybe the players wouldn't be interested in doing a bubble again, but even if they just say it's safe to do hubs and do some form of protocol, I think going into the bubble and the playoffs, no one really thought they could do it. They pulled it out. Obviously some other leagues have had trouble, but uh, I mean, I think the NHL benefited from one doing it right the first time and two seeing kind of what the missteps that have the, yeah. Uh, particularly the MLB has uh, has taken, you know, and has fallen prey to. So, uh, yeah, whether or not they do, I know there's been talk of uh, division realignments, like a, a Canada-only division, and then uh, kind of reseeding some of the teams to, you know, three U.S. divisions and then a, a Canadian uh, division to make for uh, border, you know, uh, travel travel restrictions in the, during the pandemic. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting, but I'm, I'm, you know, it, it's funny that I thought they were going to end up pushing, you know, the HL starts, I think February 1st, I believe the CHL is looking to start February 1st. So the fact that they really want to hit that January 1st and they seem to be very committed to doing so, so much to you for Bill Daly to even talk about is surprising to me. Right. Um, and the hub system looks like this. It's not a true bubble. It'll be, you know, to be decided cities where they would go and play like 10 to 12 games and then come home for an extended period, probably like a week and then back out to the next hub. So it's not like a three month, you know, you don't see your family, you don't see anybody. So to your point, they have taken the grievances expressed by the players being away from family and, and whatnot to, to, and to heart and have kind of adjusted, uh, thus far. And of course, testing protocols will be in place. There's also been talk about a reduced schedule, a 48 to 56 game regular season. Ovi gets fucked here as usual. Um, you know, you want to give him 82 games to break Gretzky's record and that may not happen though. It's not completely off the table yet. Um, and Eddie, as you'd mentioned, there could be a temporary realignment to deal with the Canada U S border closure, um, and this would be kind of the realignment that would make the most geographical sense, i.e. traveling long distances would not be good. So no California teams would come play in Florida. But yeah, you know, and I was looking at the someone uh, on Reddit, I think, mocked up the map of what would make the most sense. And, you know, obviously you the New England teams all get folded in. So Buffalo and uh, with the Metro team. So obviously Buffalo and Boston would would join in with, uh, you know, the Rangers, Islanders, Caps, Pens, uh, and I'm sure they would even uh, the two Florida teams, just all those teams along the eastern coast. And then obviously, do you have your teams, uh, your uh, your teams in the west, the the Avalanche, all three of your Canadian, um, excuse me, your all three of your California teams. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the, you just have to figure out what to do with uh, Detroit uh, and your centrally located, you know, Detroit, Minnesota, Chicago. I'm sure. Just uh, yeah. So I mean, right. I think that makes the most sense. Uh, I could see I could see that being a good sell for the players. They're like, listen, you only have to tough it out for 10 days. You'll play a game every other day. Uh, right, right. So, yeah, you play like five games, 
you know, you know, five game segment in the hub and then you go home for a little bit and then you move on eventually. So instead of just being, it's kind of mimics the reg, you know, not as much travel as during usually during the season and you have to maybe be gone a little bit longer, but that means overall you're just not in and out, especially, which is probably be worse during the pandemic. So. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, honestly, selfishly as a hockey fan, I feel like the hockey that we're going to see is going to be really good, especially if we get to see like interdivisional kind of bouts against, you know, the Bruins and the Caps, the Bruins and the Rangers, you know, things like that. Like uh, those big powerhouse teams from the Atlantic division coming over would be awesome. You know, I, I think that that's going to be, I think that's going to be a, a, a cool thing if it happens, of course. But uh, I I'll also think that because of the lack of time that the guys have had off, uh, I really, I didn't see in the bubble, at least a lot of where, you know, a lot of situations where people were like, they're out of shape. They're not doing great. Obviously the caps didn't do what they should have, but I mean, what did you see? Yeah, I didn't see anything. I don't even know if you could say I saw you saw rust for anyone. I don't think any right. teams were like, and even in subsequent exit interviews, no one said like, Oh, we were gassed or we had this, you know, you, you obviously heard from beat writers and various says like, Oh, our, you know, their heads weren't in the right place or, and I'm sure maybe given the circumstances that was happening, you know, we saw to leave the bubble for just that reason. But honestly, I, I think, I don't think you'll see any, like you said, the hockey should be good. Uh, I don't think you'll see any of that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like in this is not the the National Hockey League of 25 to 30 years ago where guys get fat over the summer and don't do anything and then they come and then they have to sweat it out. You know what I mean? Right. It's like they're, they're professional athletes. Even they're doing all their cardio. They're doing workouts. They have nutritionists. Like it shouldn't be – I don't think it should be any any different. I don't know if you'll see rust. Uh, you know, and if anything, with a condensed schedule, I think teams will probably feel like if we get off to a bad start here, we're, we're done. So we have to – go out guns a blazing. So I think if anything, I think you're going to see teams try to hit the ground running because sure. if they fall behind, it's, it might be, especially if it's only a 62 game season or whatever, it's, you know, you're, you're going to be, it's going to be too late. So they're going to have to, I think they're going to, you're going to see teams try to put the pedal to the floor early. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we're definitely in a crazy time in history, right? I mean, this hasn't happened in over like, you know, a hundred years or more. So It'll be, it'll definitely be fun to watch. And I really hope that it, it goes, um, goes without, I guess, a hitch or anything, any major problems. And honestly, I have no reason to disbelieve what is going on here because the NHL has stood steadfast at saying, we want to start January 1st and we're going to fucking do it. Yeah. And like I said, I was surprised that they, that they weren't going to try to push because I, I think at the end of the day, they, they probably don't see much uh, changing. And if anything, maybe they're hoping, I assume that, you know, with, with the NBA announcing they were what's December 25th was their start date or something. I yeah. thought that was, uh, it, it sounds pretty premature to me, but now, especially with the NHL falling suit, I assume, you know, they keep tabs and they have, they probably have a little bit more info than the general public. So, you know, we've heard promising things from, uh, about the Pfizer vaccine and I'm sure Johnson and Johnson with the progress they're making. So, you know, you have to hope maybe they know something the general public doesn't and they're confident that uh, at least come December we can get, uh, you know, first responders can get access to the vaccine and then 
uh, I guess, scale up from there. And right. you know, who knows? Maybe their hope is that by the end of the regular season that they can maybe have in some markets buildings with uh, limited capacity, you know, be it 25 percent or even hell, even 40 uh, percent. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a positive outlook on it. And I mean, honestly, I, that's really all we can do right now. So when we have more news, Caps fans will let you know about it. But let's get into a little bit of Caps talk with our Washington wraparound. All right. So I have a little bit of a note here, Andy, and I don't know if you saw it, but they they had this like celebration of like Ovi's first pro game. And he's like in the third tier Russian league as like a 19 year old, just lighting it up. Uh, and he's wearing that hideous blue Nike helmet. And I actually had that helmet in college. <laughs> did, oh, you, did you see uh, any of that? Yeah, the I did see it on Twitter. Uh, yeah, he's got the cage. I guess it's uh, what uh, it's the uh, Dynamo Riga, right? That's his. Was his uh, Canadian? Yeah. Excuse me, Jesus, I'm emotional about saying that was his uh, Russian junior team. Uh, mm-hmm. as a sixteen year old, and uh, yeah, it's fun. Listen, you know, Ovi has some of the best uh, sty in you know in hockey history. But to get there, you know, it took. Uh, there's a lot of experimentation. You know, we all went through a phase where we were a little embarrassed. You know, maybe a chain wallet here, some. Some flair Jenko jeans there, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is crazy to see because, you know, he's just, you know, just seeing a young Ovi is, is wild. Cause I, you know, even come, even when he came into the league, he was younger looking, but he was still like, you know, big, like always just been a, a massive human being. So seeing him as a, as more of a spry 16 year old with the, uh, you know, the pock marks and the, and the blue helmet and the cage. Uh, yeah. It was pretty crazy to see. Right. Right. And, and, and then it made you feel old because that was like so fucking long ago, right? Yeah, was that 2005, 2006? Yeah, I was like graduating high school or yeah, something. I was high school senior, yeah. Uh, man, it's <laughs> it's crazy just to think that, uh, yeah, uh, it, it definitely makes you feel old, right? Because him and, you know, Crosby's, I think Ovechkin's in 86, right? And then Crosby's in 87. Yep. Uh, yeah, damn. Like they're like those guys are considered old man and i know uh i don't feel old but i am i guess you know right. i'd be i'd be uh, you know so then you and especially when you see like the uh you know your roberto luongo's uh patrick marlowe's joe thornton's henrik lundquist you know these guys who are you know they're they're ancient yeah <laughs> I, relative to really NHL old, right? standards they're really <laughs> yeah. fucking old uh part of my french yeah. um but yeah man it's crazy to see and it's just so funny to see how it just it, the one thing that really struck me is how much like because I remember just how much hockey culture and the things we find cool change. So uh, yeah, like where something that would one day would you know for a while it'd be cool to do this, and then these days you get chirped mercilessly you know, by your <laughs> your men's league team for for fucking doing that. Right. I mean, it, you you always have to have some either you have to be incredible at hockey to wear any sort of tinted half shield. Um, and if you have the actual mirror finish half shield, you're just ultimate. You 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 suck. You have to suck if you wear that, right? Oh, absolutely. And <laughs> you know the biggest thing is you can't. It's tough because you can't have. You can't look too. Uh, there's yeah. There's so many faux pas in, in men's league, in beer league. You know, uh, obviously white gloves are a no no. I don't care how sick you are. Uh, right. Tinted visor, no, especially if it's tilted. Uh, oh, the yeah. fishbowl, you're gonna get chirped. Uh, <laughs> if your gear is too new, you're gonna get chirped. If you wear a matching, if you wear matching pro stock, anything, you're gonna get chirped. If 
if yeah if you don't have if you're if yeah if you if your gear looks immaculately clean and pressed you're gonna get chirped you know what yeah. i mean you I have mean, to you're you have to wear hockey socks that look like they are disintegrating uh <laughs> yeah. you know you have to have uh you have to have you know your skates that look like uh, they're being held together with like epoxy and and uh, tape and and then you have to have like a a, a brownish uh, practice jersey that used to be white but over the years it has faded so much from your sweat you know absolutely you know? I mean and I think that you can walk into I can walk into any locker room in the entire world and say this guy's good this guy sucks just watching him get dressed and, oh absolutely you know, yeah so like <laughs> it's funny because. When I, in college, and Polly's not here, but like when I would walk in to, when I first walked into the game, because he was captain. So I was like, hey man, can I play in the college team? And he's like, uh, yeah, sure. So it was a club team. So I, I walk in to our first game and we're playing in like an outdoor rink. There's fog, thick fog. You can't see more than like five feet in front of you. It was an absolute death trap. Uh, I walk in and I look around the locker room and I knew some of them. But everyone had like brand new shit. And I was like, we're fucked. We're absolutely fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, we, we got blown out that game and every other game that season. So, hey, you know, uh, intuition rules on that one for sure. And those are the exact what you just listed, the exact uh, kind of rundown as to what a good hockey player is. <laughs> yeah, the quicker you can get dressed, the quicker you get dressed is usually the better player you are. If you take forever, you know, if you're really meticulous about just making sure you're, you know, you have no creases in your socks and you <laughs> you go around a certain number of times with the tape. Yeah, you're in trouble. You, yeah. you, you know, the guys who just who barely lace up and just say, ah, it's good enough. And they got up there. Then, you know, you got a beauty and you're going to be in good shape. Right. I mean, I'm taping half my gear on anyways and it's shit i wore yeah. in high school because i've never given it up man it has all my shit's got like injection molded plastic cups like for the elbow pads <laughs> which they stopped doing yeah. so never going to give those yeah. up those are a weapon you know you get into a dicey oh. situation I, I i actually i wear i've been wearing uh i think lacrosse elbow pads for for years just because they're low profile and they're still pretty protective and you know the I it's you know I was never very physical anyway and especially I'm not you know we're all looking to work in the next day so I don't you know right. I don't give a crap so it's just uh yeah it's just finding it's about finding something that's comfortable and that fits and that works and you know if once you do it's like why you know I'm not going to replace it like I said you see some of these guys in there they're they look like linebackers out there and I'm like why <laughs> like why would you do that right exactly yeah, exactly it's like what are you like are you gonna you know I don't know that's a, that's a discussion for another podcast I guess right no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, well, the Caps have launched a uh, Breaking the Ice program. Uh, it's a new program aimed at introducing hockey to first-time players at home. Uh, features instructional videos, and this one, is, you know, features instructional videos led by Black-owned non nonprofit hockey groups. Uh, they partnered with the NHL, the NHLPA, and uh, you know, a very familiar street hockey name, Franklin Sports. Uh, yeah, to provide a, a set of low low cost street hockey equipment to kids fourteen and under. It's got two straight blade sticks, um, one ball in a net, plus instructional videos on CapsYouthHockey dot com by coaches from DC Mamba. Program costs only twenty dollars. Caps are the third team to do it. The Blackhawks and incidentally, Andy, the Rangers have a similar program. They I think they're all called uh, Breaking the Ice. Did you know about this? Uh yeah, I did. You know the Rangers. 
they've done a few different things between they, you know, they support hockey in Harlem, uh, up here, uh, right. you know, they also, but like you said, they've also uh, done a lot of community outreach, especially with street hockey and ball hockey, uh, which I guess just another, not to do a segment, but I saw on Twitter, you know, Isha are uh, one of the hosts of the soda pod and, and our, uh, you know, uh, one of our faithful commanders here at the hockey podcast network. He was mm-hmm. asking people what they call uh, ball hockey or road hockey or street hockey. I always called it street hockey <laughs> right? Me in, too. in the East coast. Right. I, yeah. I don't know if that's an East coast thing or if it's like you watch, you know, the word street was so cool in the nineties. So, you know, the mighty ducks, you know, they, they pick up Russ Thompson and that playing by shooting into, into overturned trash cans. You know what I mean? Yep. Street hockey, you know, right. but apparently they call in, you know, in Canada, it's road, road hockey or ball. I guess Isha said they call it ball hockey. Right. And I've heard it called in, in the Pittsburgh area here deck. Well, so I, I'm not really, I'm, I'm fuzzy on the, the different distinguishing factors. Like yeah, street hockey, we'd lace up the rollerblades like mighty ducks. Yes. But I think for him, what he's talking ball hockey is what people in Pittsburgh call deck hockey. And that is on foot. And they actually play on like a court, a sport court. Yes. And they run around. I think it's one of those things where it's like uh, all like like maybe all all deck hockey is like ball hockey but not all ball hockey is deck type thing yeah right okay yeah yeah. but 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 even with street hockey because you didn't have to yeah like you said you put on the rollerblades but you didn't always sometimes you just ran around with a stick it was still street hockey you were in the you're in your street you have to yell car you know everyone's seen (laughs) wayne's world uh yeah exactly scene so yeah it's like uh but yeah apparently you know our, our neighbors to the north they call it either ball or deck hockey and then they're like we'll use a ball but yeah, but you like, you know, the origins of the game are in the, are in the street. But I guess I can see what they're saying because it's like, you know, it's only pond hockey if you're playing out in a pond, I guess. Although, right. you know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> if you played at a community rink that was outdoor, you'd still call it pond hockey or whatever, even if it's not. But uh, yeah, but no, I, I just loved... I just wanted to hear what you call it because I always call it street hockey. Wrong. Oh, yeah. Always street hockey. I don't know what I mean. You know, English is such a vulgar language. I, I maybe that uh, up north they have. uh They've taken some from their French counterparts and, and mm, maybe. spiced it up a little, you know? Yes. Just the boys <laughs> out on playing the road hockey, getting the road apples, you know, shooting it into the into the mama's uh, sandwich basket. That was <laughs> Holy my shit. very Dude. bad, my uh, historic <laughs> Canadian old man. Um, I loved, by the way, your little segment um, of Doc, Doc Emmerich. On... Oh yeah, we had Doc. We had Doc Emmerich on our podcast. That was wild, man. It was weird. I had to like I tried to let him in, and then I got kicked out. But James said it was a good interview. But uh, it was it was great. It was great. Uh, Doc was yeah. in true form. Uh, you know, sounded just like the TV uh, broadcast. So, so yes. <laughs> very good there. Yeah, <laughs> camp. That's a good. Oh, get. I can't believe. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a he's yeah. Apparently, a really nice guy and. Uh, but no, listen, I mean, I, I can only I, I can only dream to impersonate that beautiful voice. But, you know, I off the air, James and I try to make each other. We try to crack each other up by because, you know, how before like before every NBC game, they'll do like a, a like the camera fades in on like a city landmark. And right. Doc will talk about like the local history of the area. Yes. You know, it'll be like Boston, you know, you know, 200 years ago, Patriots rebelled by dumping tea into the harbor. It's like, but tonight 
the Bruins will rebel against the first-placed uh, Tampa Bay Lightning as they come in for actions. It's Bruins, Lightning, and it's next. You know, that type of type of shit all the time. Like, so, and then sometimes he'll just, he'll just say words and, like, try to string them together. It's like, it's like, you know, Bruins, Capitals, fights, goals, assists. Oh, my, it's coming next. You know, that type of stuff, so... Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, best of luck to him in retirement. I hope we get more uh, Doc Emmerich content because I, I'm not even Absolutely. the biggest fan of him as a commentator. Like I, I, I like him just okay. He's not my favorite. Obviously, I'm a, a Gary Thorne guy forever. You sure. Know, I grew up in the 90s. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, he clearly does a good job conveying the emotion of the game. So uh, yeah, it was it was interesting that he, he decided to come on our podcast and hopefully he comes, you know, he comes on uh, again sometime soon. Absolutely. So check them out, folks. The Broadway Boys podcast. Broadway Boys, yeah. And we're on you. We're on our episodes are on YouTube now. If so, if you search Broadway Boys podcast on YouTube, you can uh, watch Doc come on our podcast. So that's always fun. Yeah, no doubt, absolutely. I mean, one of the great orators of of our generation. Yeah, <laughs> at least the most prolific. One of the most prolific. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, moving on again, folks. You got to go out and buy these summer skates. Uh, they are at Summer Skates on Twitter and Instagram, www.summerskates.com. Check out all their gear. You order now, you get a free koozie. Every per- a percentage of every single purchase goes to Cancer Research. They've already donated over a hundred grand to different cancer research cancer research efforts. So you know that was a big reason as to why we wanted to be a part of this promo. Uh, they're awesome. I mean, I've been wearing them. I've been finding myself just wearing them around. I have a pair of Crocs that I wear too, but, uh, you know, honestly, I've been opting towards the cool hockey lace, uh, uh, summer skates here. Again, I got the OV special edition ones, yellow skates, because, you know, that's just how OV does, uh, really high quality stuff. You can wear them indoor, outdoor. They have like that nice thick rubber sole that doesn't, isn't going to break down. Check them out, summerskates.com, and at summerskates on Twitter and Instagram. Buy them and, and just thank us later. Uh, but Andy, I did want to talk to you about something very specific, because you being a lifelong Rangers fan and have seen the career of a player who we've just acquired from the Rangers, well, through free agency, uh, from the his previous team was the Rangers, Henrik Lundqvist. So... This is a guy who I'm sure is near and dear to your heart, right? Oh, yeah. I'm looking at – I have a Henrik Lundqvist Funko uh, pop sitting on my nightstand. I'm looking at him right now. Uh, and <laughs> Longingly. Yeah, you know, yeah longingly. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting lost in his little fake blue eyes. Um, uh, yeah, man. I mean, listen. Uh, it's been a very strange time for Rangers fans, and I think everyone has kind of reacted differently to him getting uh, bought out and then – him moving on, uh, especially to play for another team. It's, it's definitely, it's very strange. You know, I think that's the one thing everyone can agree on. It's very, uh, at least for Rangers fans, it's very weird. Right. But the, the funny thing is it's, it's the, if you try to take the temperature of the fan base about it or how they feel about it, you'll obviously have some people who like, this is wrong. Like, I don't understand it. You'll have some who are like happy for him because they're like, listen, you know, the team, they never gave him, they never fielded a team that would be, 
capable of helping like he do all the work and they just give him a bunch of competent bums or, or, or superstars that were like over there over the hill you know what i mean like rick sure. nash when he's already you know how many concussions into his career <laughs> yeah. um but you know i think for me specifically the weird thing is that i am very happy for him i'm happy like i think he he's more comfortable playing with a team that's a little bit more seasoned with more experience. The last few years, it's been a definitely been trying for him to play with a bunch of kids who are trying to figure it out and right. watch just the look on his face as it's been like a, you know, a fire drill in their own end. not knowing people, not knowing where to be. Uh, he's definitely going to be more comfortable with an older team. You know, I mean him and Ovi, uh, man, you know, it's, uh, you know, talk about, you know, what a you know, what a rivalry they've had at least in the metropolitan division for the last year so just to have them join forces is kind of cool you know for me and mm-hmm. i think the biggest thing is that it was just kind of time it's like him moving on kind of finally you, rangers fans can finally say all right like that's the closing of the chapter it didn't you know they some great memories uh tremendous run you know he's gonna be he's a in my mind he's a of you know shoe in for the hockey hall of fame and he will get his number retired whenever you know this maybe not the minute but very shortly after he he does hang him up but now this kind of means they can finally his presence is not looming over this team and like the you know the fact that they failed to to do anything while he's here isn't hanging there anymore you don't have that like oh we gotta maybe go and run here for for hank like that feeling is sure. gone now so i think Rangers fans, I can't speak for all of them, but I know a good amount of them feel like they're happy for him. But at the same time, yeah, it's, it's like, hopefully he does well, you know, hopefully he wins a cup with the caps or Ovi, you know, uh, but I think they're mostly just happy that now it's like it's clean slate. Truly, you know, there's not that looming, you know, the presence of his, of the disappointment of the, them not being able to get it done for him doesn't, isn't there anymore. So uh, yeah. Yeah. I think they're just hoping he, he Ray Borks it, you know, somewhere else. Right. And I hope he does too, honestly. And we're kind of going <laughs> well, through yeah. the same thing because Holtby, you know, who's been our stud and then finally has a couple bad years after having an incredibly stellar, you know, five year run plus and then wins a cup and, and, you know, does all these things for us. And then he, he kind of goes off into the sunset, which was the writing was on the wall there because the caps don't pay goalies wisely, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think that uh, it's great. We're happy to have him and we're going to treat him well. But I just uh, it's a weird moment for us because we're kind of putting the we're putting the franchise on Samsonov's shoulders. But we're also have Henrik Lundqvist, who is a legend in his own right and will be kind of I, I mean, he'll be doing some heavy lifting, I, I believe, in this uh, next season. And that's kind of what I wanted to get your vibe on is like, sure. is he going to be able to handle 40 games? I think he will be able to handle 40 games. I think the question is, what are the 40 games? Uh, How is the team in front of him playing? You know, I think sure. obviously he's not what he once was. And I mean, this is a guy who for 15 years was even when the, you know, I guess the hockey media before, I think before we even realized when we thought guys just like never like just dumping the puck out, relinquishing control and then letting them go and like putting, you know, trying to block every shot, you know, Dan Girardi and Mark Stahl getting like lit up like Swiss cheese was their <laughs> right. idea of good defense. Now we realize like that's unsustainable and that puts horrible pressure on your goaltender. Mm-hmm. But Lundqvist was just, you know, a freak and one of his, you know, the best goaltenders of his generation. So he was able to do it. But obviously the last few years, maybe not so much. But I mean, 
you know, if you look at his uh, his workload, it's been, it's been very high the last few seasons. And his his like, honestly, his goals above replacement have been pretty, you know, his or, or saved goals above replacement has been pretty good. He had a sure. statistically his worst season he's ever had. But even still, he I forget what his final save percentage was. And this is with him like sitting for long periods because they had the, the Rangers had the three headed goalie thing going with Shesterk and uh, and Georgiev. But yeah, he was good in the beginning of the year, but then it kind of like they would play Georgia for a stretch and then try to get Hank in and he would come in cold and then it would be weird. He's a, when he's playing and as long as you're you're giving him a little bit of help, I think he can still be a very good platoon goaltender in this league. I don't I don't think he's done. I don't think he's cooked like I, you know, and anyone who says so, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I just don't think they they understand what was going on with him. And that's, now, you know, that's not even just context talking. Yeah, no, and I, I agree. I, I, I'm on the same, uh, I guess, road of thought there. And uh, the, the big thing is that really, comparatively, he had a slightly better season last year, one of it, like you said, statistically worse, than Holtby did th- last year as well. So, you know, and he was our starter. So um, it's it's going to be interesting to see because I still think that the I, the the starter position they've announced is not Samsonov's just inherently that that's not going to be the way that that the caps are going to operate and they barely ever operate that way even when Holby was there I mean they welcomed competition so and I think that that could be boilerplate you know GM talk where well yeah you know you got to compete in camp right um yeah but this is a this is a little bit of a different situation because I think that you know, if Samsonov shits the bed for like three games in a row, I would not be surprised to see Lundqvist, you know, come in, do well, and then start the next game, you know? Yeah. And, you know, listen, uh, you have Peter Laviolette coming in, who is a good coach. He's a good uh, tactician. And mm-hmm. I think he's a guy who were, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I think he would be a guy who would, would like to lean on uh, experience. You know, definitely considering how many times he's been around the block, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if, out of deference, who knows? Maybe you know, maybe Samsonov does start the season, but maybe they do go look at camp and like who looks good. Does you know? And I hell, I think if I would be of the mind that if if both Samsonov and uh, Lundqvist look pretty good in camp, that I think they maybe give the nod to Lundqvist just starting out, just because he's got a little bit. You know, he's older. Maybe they feel like. Uh, you know, or hell, maybe it, this is ultimately a ploy to really push Samsonov and say, like, listen, we, you know, if you, you still have to earn this, it's not, you know, right. You it can be yours, but you're going to have to really, you're really going to really have to show us. And, you know, there's no better competition, even though he's not the same guy he once was, but, you know, you, he's a, he's a legend in his own right. So it's a, that's at least on paper, that's stiff competition. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, but listen, if I think it, they would like, honestly, probably they would probably like nothing more if Samsonov can can ultimately uh, steal the Lions' uh, share of starts. You know? Yeah, I mean, honestly, for the team's sake, I would like that too. But I'm I feel I feel that we've almost solidified our goaltending position just a tiny bit more. And I hate to you know bag it all on Holt because I I don't think he's done either. Uh, I just think that maybe I I don't know. It just a little bit of a decline here and, and he's getting older and he's won the cup and maybe a change of scenery. He'll come out and I hope prove me wrong and, and kill it in Vancouver. But 
you know, the uh, one big question mark for me, and I, I think that a lot of people haven't really digested this yet, is that Samsonov didn't play in the bubble because he got in an ATV accident and had what Russian media had reported as uh, a serious neck and back injury. <laughs> so, oh boy. yeah, so and I don't know. Did you hear about that? Uh, I think I heard he wasn't in the bubble and I heard I think I did hear it was a crash. I didn't know it was like that bad. I just, yeah. You know. And the, all reports say that he's doing very well and he's young. So that's, that helps. But I mean, who knows what, what happens 10, even at the start of the 10 games in start of the season, who knows, you know, maybe he throws something or, or whatever. I feel confident that Lundqvist can come in. I think that it'd be better than having, you know, somebody like Phoenix Copley or Vitek Vanacek from our farm system come up. So you know, and plus we got him at a pretty good rate, 1.5 for one year. You know, we're not killing ourselves on, on term. Uh, some may argue that it's a tad of an, a tad bit overpay for a backup goalie, but I don't believe that either. Uh, because, you know, the buyout actually really helped the Caps be able to get him for so cheap. Because I think that yeah. as a backup on the, on the open market, he gets three at least. Well, so. you know, and I think, I think that's absolutely right. And I also think, that you want to talk about backups that I think this season with to get this schedule done, you're going to have a lot of back-to-backs, right? I think, or at least you're going to have a lot of runs where it's not, it's not like every other day. And then maybe a, a two or three day layoff sometimes where you're like, why aren't there any, like, why is my favorite team playing for three days right. or whatever, or four mm-hmm. days? So you're not going to have that. It's going to be, it's going to be fast and furious. They're going to try to get it in without a hitch until, you know, uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna try to get this done as soon as possible. I sure. Think it, just, so yeah, I think it's gonna be teams are gonna be you know goaltenders are gonna be platooned and they're gonna it's gonna be a lot less. They might be your backup on paper, but they're gonna get a lot more starts than in the pre- previous season. So you're gonna hope that you have two goaltenders that are good and not just a guy who you hope can like your team. You know, I mean, we look at uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and what as last year or even the, or the season before that, where they almost rode Freddie Anderson to the ground because literally every time they put their backups in, they, they just they couldn't get a save. You know, so sure, yeah. So I think listen, Lundqvist and Samsonov are gonna both get uh, they're both gonna get a lot of starts this year, and they're probably out of necessity. And yeah, I think with all, all, most teams in the league, you gotta you gotta hope that your goaltender and your one A and your one B are up to are up to snuff because it's yeah they're gonna get starts whether you like it or not just out of necessity of letting guys rest. Absolutely, and I'm, you know, and you've we've we the one last thing that I want to ask you about is and uh is is Lundqvist's attitude in the locker room as a leader and because you know we've all seen the somewhat uh, tantrums that he's he's thrown, which is not abnormal amongst any goaltender in the NHL. But you know, we, I, you yeah. know, one that that sticks out to me is when he's playing those flightless shitbirds, and and he uh, he knocked the net over, <laughs> on like a two on one or something. Yeah. Well, I think I, th- in fairness to him on that one, I think that was more like something happened and they refused like something happened with his equipment and they refused to blow the whistle so right. he was like screw that like he needs like my 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 like my strap my strap or whatever and they weren't doing anything so he just said nope and just pushed it over <laughs> and listen a lot has been made of that and like even for rangers fans they're like all oh, long quotes like throwing it but like honestly if the team in front of, like because i've i've watched the team in front of him give up and right say even the last few years like he could be I'll give I'll I'll 
you can say what you want about Henrik Lundqvist, but I've watched the score be like, you know, uh, four, nothing, five, nothing, five, one. And, and it's just like fish in a barrel, especially like that first year with the turnover where they're like, all right, we're, we send out the letter. It's not working. Goodbye. Ryan McDonough. Goodbye. All these, you know, and it was just like, clearly it was like a skeleton crew and Mm -hmm. just didn't have the talent. And, he would he competed and even like he'd get beat on things like you know two on ones that had no no business happening and just breakaway after breakaway and he competes man and he fights and he's he's com- he's competitive and he's passionate and you know honestly if if any of that had rubbed off on some of his teammates over the last few years maybe they'd you know maybe they he'd have something more to show for it or and they'd have a cup to their name but so you, so you, you know. do think that he is truly like a driving force in like the care oh, category and he leadership was, listen the range he is he's been the rangers captain for the last 10 10 years like maybe you can cuz Ryan Callahan you can argue that they were kind of similar tenure but i'd say Lunquist has been their captain since Chris Drury left wow like, de facto Yes. And in the, in the locker room, he's the guy, he's the one they all listen to at the end that they shut up. He's the one who gives the big speeches. It was, you know, Ryan McDonald was never that guy. Uh, like I said, Ryan Callahan, maybe a little bit like we got to get going here, boys, you know, but right. yeah, ever since Chris Drury, who is, you know, obviously is, you know, uh, had been around the block for a while in his own right, you know, had a, had leadership quality. It's, it's been him and yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, that, that's crazy because I, I wasn't, you know, not being a Rangers fan, obviously, I wasn't super close to it. Obviously, we saw like the yeah. highly publicized stuff, like the Winter Classic stuff, and he's vocal and whatnot. But, you know, you don't, it doesn't really come through. And it'll be interesting to see how he balances that energy in a locker room, you know, with Nick Backstrom, his countryman, and, uh, you know, Haglin, you know, again, another Swede, and, and Ovi, and, and John Carlson, and, you know, some big names in that locker room now that he's finally well, playing with with players with a true pedigree, it'll be, I I, I hope that he fits in. I think that benefits him to be honest. I think, Mm. I think he welcomes the chance to not have to do that. I really do. I think he always says, cause they always say, you know, it's like, you don't talk to the goaltender. They're kind of in playing their own mental games. A lot of that with Lundqvist has been out of necessity. It's just his, his like not seeing it come from the room or a bunch of young guys are just not feeling the push. He, I think he welcomes the chance to just worry about his game. Maybe he he piped he's just pipes into to help. But like you said, it's like you know Ovi's been there before. Nick Backstrom, he's plenty of respect for Carl Hagelin. They go, they've been friends for you know a few years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he welcomes the chance to not have to do that. And I honestly cool. think it, it it'll do him a world of good to not have the mental like I feel personally responsible for stewarding in you know, or instilling the mentality of that, like, we're not going to quit here and you always compete. And, you know, I, I think he, he understands, I think, you know, he's going to be with a group that has done it before for the right. most part. And, uh, you know, they know what it takes to win and what sacrifice is deserved. And they know when it's not going their way and yeah, who knows how, knows how to get it done. So I think he welcomes that. I think he's going to be happier with a, a bit more seasoned group. He doesn't have to babysit, you know, or wait for the kids to marinate. Uh, yeah right so yeah and i think he just i think he just wants to sit in his stall and nod his head and just and just compete and just play goalie yeah yeah that's it he He doesn't have to worry about you know uh he doesn't like if they're getting if they're stinking it up and they're getting the the bronx cheer from the the you know the rangers crowd the garden crowd you know he has to take it upon himself he's like we cannot 
like we cannot let let this this can't ha- this yeah this reflects poorly on me and poorly on us we can't have this happen and he's got to talk but now sure. like it's not you know it's, he's coming in he's it's not his locker room you know and right. it doesn't have and i don't think he wants it to be i think he just i think he's a compassionate guy or he's a competitive guy and a compassionate guy and mm-hmm. I just think he will welcome the chance to just have guys who can just know what needs to be said and can police themselves, you know, especially because like we said, it's a group that's been there before. They have the experience. They're a bit older. They, you know, and I think he, I think that's what he wants. I think, uh, so I think it, it should be mutually beneficial for all parties. Awesome. Well, I'm feeling even better after this interview, man. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else to add before we, we wrap it up? Uh, no, you know, I, I really do hope Henrik Lundqvist, uh, can get it done. You know, I'll, I'll always refer Ovi, even though the Rangers and the Capitals have faced each other so many times in the playoffs over the years, there's never been that, like, I hope they're not, uh, successful, you know? Yeah. P- Pittsburgh's a little bit different story with me. I, I mean, I don't, I don't have to ask you about it, but it's just, <laughs> yeah, I just, or even the, you know, the flyers, I don't really want to see anything, but I don't know. It's weird. Like the Capitals and the Rangers were, you know, and with, different results obviously throughout the years but it's like never been like it's just been like all right you know so listen i want lundquist to win his cup uh if it's with another team i just think that if he wins a cup i think you're going to get a lot of revisionist history from people that don't who've who've been who've uh will not give him his due as like a really you know one of the best you know i'm not saying he's I wouldn't say he's not a like he's not like a top five, but I think he's around that top ten in the history of the league, and that's just me, wow. you know. And that can be homerism or whatever, but uh, <laughs> it's just you know I just think that we t- we were literally just talking about like how many goaltenders went on the move this season and, or had like you know had done something and then they have a terrible season. Well, he he had a stretch for of ten to fifteen years where he just didn't. He was a nine thirty goaltender no matter what team was in front of him, and it was remarkable. It was amazing to watch. Right. So yeah, I, I hope he gets his cup, you know, the Ray Bork treatment and all that. Uh, and you know, I'm, I, I am one of those Rangers fans that's happy that that pressure is off of the Rangers. Now they can just worry about coming to their own naturally and not like, Hey, look, the, the, you know, the clock's ticking here on, on Lundquist, you know, we have to do something for him now soon. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like I said, it, 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 it was painful and, uh, you know, I, I, miss, I miss him and, uh, I do look forward to the day that his Jersey gets retired, but I think for the time being, this is the best thing for both parties and it should be mutually beneficial. Absolutely. And I mean, even the great Dominic Hasek, the dominator had to move teams out of exactly. Buffalo to go get a cup. Idol so, too, so maybe, yeah. who knows, maybe it's, a, and I think, you know, I just think with, especially with Peter Laviolette, who's a great coach coming in, like, Yes, very excited. Yeah, I, I could see things lining up. And especially, I think there's no better motivation for the Caps than saying, like, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty and, and you know, stuff didn't go our way in, in the bubble. So uh, we're an older group and we have a higher expectation for ourselves. We ne- now need to show everyone that that wasn't like, you know, that's not us. Like, this is us. So exactly. That, that can't be any better motivation than that. And especially because I think the, the Penguins are going to be uh, dog crap this year. I think it should be a little, that's one less team to have to worry about in the Metro, at least. Absolutely, yeah. We, I don't think the Penguins don't, are going to Don't make tell Berlanski I said that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's the first person I'm going to tell. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Nick. Oh, man. All right. Well, hey, Andy, man, thanks a lot. Thanks so much for hopping on last minute. Um, tell all of the Caps fans uh, where they can find you and, and the, about the podcast. Uh, sure. So you can follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. Uh, we are on YouTube. If you just search for Broadway Boys Podcast, you'll see our videos there. Uh, right as of right now, new episodes every Monday. I, I think once the 
the NHL season uh, officially starts, we should be going to two episodes, which will be fun. And yeah, uh, we're also on Instagram uh, at Broadway Boys Pod on Instagram. So yeah, new nice. new to the social media on Instagram and all that, but we're trying to have more presence there. So that's fun. So and yeah, so thank Troll, thank you so much for having me, uh, Paulie. I hope I, I did you proud. And uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah, we can uh, once the season starts up. I'm yeah, hopefully we can uh, get some uh, crosstalk going more often. Absolutely. Definitely going to have, have to happen. I mean, you're one of my favorite to collab with. So, so we'll, we'll have to do that. Um, until next time, Caps fans, it's Hockey Trolling. And for this episode, Andy Hammond signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, on Twitter at Cupcake Polly. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>